Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters podcast, a series of candid conversations with leading experts about how individuals and organizations can grow and protect their finances, tailored around current events and trends. Here's your host for today's podcast, Brian Peterangelo. Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters weekly podcast, where we casually ramble on about important topics, including the markets, the economy, human ingenuity, and almost anything under the sun, giving you the keys to unlock the mysteries of the markets and investing. Today is Friday, December 9th, 2022. I'm Brian Peterangelo, and welcome to the podcast. Earlier this week, on December 7th, we remembered the anniversary of Pearl Harbor and the attack on the United States that pulled our country into World War II. We honor all of those who died during the attack, as well as those who died for our country during the entirety of the war. We also honor those who served and are still living, as we owe a tremendous debt of gratitude for what shaped the future of our country and the world. So with me today for our podcast, I'd like to introduce our panel of investing experts here to provide their insights on this week's market activity. George Mateo, Chief Investment Officer, Steve Haight, Head of Equities, and Rajiv Sharma, Head of Fixed Income. And as a reminder, a lot of great content is available on key.com slash wealth insights, including updates from our Wealth Institute on many different subjects, and especially our Key Questions article series addressing a relevant topic for investors each Wednesday. In addition, if you have any questions or need more information, please reach out to your financial advisor. Taking a look at this week's economic news, the calendar was fairly light. First, we had purchasing managers data for the services sector, which showed mixed signals and partly indicated more slowing in the economy and partly indicated some resiliency. Yesterday, initial unemployment claims for the week remained low. However, continuing claims increased, potentially revealing some beginning signs of a slowdown in the employment picture. And just this morning, The producer price index measure of inflation came in higher than expected at a 7.4% year-over-year increase for November, indicating continued elevated prices and a possible hint towards next week's consumer price index report on Tuesday, which is released right before the Federal Reserve's meeting and press release on Wednesday. So George, let's turn to you for your thoughts on the economic data, the markets, and what it might mean for investors. Well, Brian, I think it's uh, fair to say that the counter was a little bit light this week in terms of economic releases. We did actually get some pretty good news out of the services sector. I think that was the beginning um, uh, beginning tone of the week where the services sector seemed like it had a nice bounce or didn't maybe fall as many uh, people expected it would. Uh, it seems as if the overall service part of the economy has been more resilient than the manufacturing side. And that's probably noteworthy in the sense that services uh, command a bigger share of the overall uh, economy. So I think there's probably some read through there and some other indicators suggested that the economy is also on a pretty solid footing with you know, durable goods and some things like that that suggest that overall economic activity is uh, is holding there pretty pretty strong, actually. And then this morning, we, uh, we acknowledge again that the, the PPI report, which is the producer price index, that it's kind of a, maybe a, a leading indicator for inflation at the consumer level uh, was actually a bit hotter than expected. Um, I guess, again, you can kind of look at this two ways in the sense that it did come in, as I said uh, a minute ago, higher than expected. A lot of things kind of drove that. Um, food prices in particular, I think, were pretty elevated. But uh, year over year, the numbers are still pretty high. They're coming down a little bit, but they're staying higher than expected. So I guess when we talk to Rajiv, we'll talk about what the Fed read through with respect to the economy might be in, sense, in the sense of their gauge on inflation. Um, the other thing that I think is worth noting this week is that we had um, a lot of news. There was a lot of news and chatter around the reopening in China. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what, what that means. I think it's probably going to be a, a really gradual one. So it's going to be probably more of an uneven economic event uh, in the near term in the sense that 
as uh, people are let back out of their houses and their apartments and, and kind of uh, maybe sent back to work a little bit, you could uh, see some case numbers rise there, which might actually kind of uh, prevent uh, people from really reopening in, in a big way. And I think it's also noteworthy in the sense that the stimulus that, that China put forth in the middle of their COVID crisis was just so much smaller than that of the rest of the world in the sense that the US accounted for roughly, maybe I should say this differently, the US spent about 25% uh, of their economy basically on stimulus money, meaning that they equivalent, uh, equivalent basis allocated about 25% of the economy towards stimulus payments and other things. China's equivalent um, spend, if you will, is about 5%. So it's really kind of a fraction of the rest of the world in terms of what they did to try and uh, kind of uh, bridge the gap between what happened during COVID. And I think at the same time, there's also probably more, uh, more spare capacity in China in the sense that they have a pretty big uh, youth unemployment situation which may suggest that we might not see the great resignation event. You might not see the big inflationary spike uh, in China that you have that you saw elsewhere in the world. I guess, though, Steve, to you, first of all, there is a, a question in my mind about what this means for energy demand. We talked about this a little bit last week. Do you think that there might be some kind of spillover with respect to oil um, coming from the reopening of China? Well, it seems, George, that this week with OPEC deciding to leave their production numbers unchanged um, and the Chinese reopening looking like it's a little bit more on a gradual pace than anything else, uh, it seems like we, we don't have any near-term upside kicker to push prices higher. So we've actually seen energy prices come off a little bit this week. Um, we broke down fairly decisively below the $80 barrel level, which is something that, that market participants have been looking at for quite a while. Um, now, and it's entirely possible that we could continue to move a little bit lower here uh, for the next month or two, absent any, um, any other uh, intervening market dynamics. You know, quite honestly, they, they, you, you have to have that kind of that reopening impulse right now um, in the face of all the economic news elsewhere that are, is showing a slowdown, uh, if you don't have somebody else to pick up the baton and push push demand higher, um, things are going to be a little bit soft in the uh, absent that. So absent that again, and maybe pivoting a little bit, you know, it is the time of the year that we talk about equity markets and whether or not Santa Claus is going to show up this year or not. Uh, is, is Santa coming to town this year? What do you think? Well, I'll tell you, you know, Santa uh, usually does arrive in December for uh, the at the corner of Broad and Wall, right? That's the old saw. But um, the the truth of the matter is that Santa is also afraid of bears, um, because when you look at the data surrounding the idea of a Santa Claus rally, while it is grounded in fact, um, you know, whether you go back to 1928, 1950, 1990. All the data shows that December is strong, and in particular, the back half of December is, is even stronger. Um, there's an issue when you parse the data by whether the market has been up year to date coming into December or, or over the prior 12 month period, or whether the market has been down over that same window. And if the market has been down over that window, uh, the hit rate on whether Santa shows up or not is basically 50 50. So um, I, I think that while we while we think that there there has been a seasonal bias uh, to the upside here uh, during the the typical uh, you know post October uh, November December heading into the turn of the year um, we, we may have seen most of the rally that we were going to have already um, coming off of the 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 late 
or the early fall lows. Uh, so like, I, I think that we, we are not likely going to see that, that, that huge move by, uh, by Santa this year. Yeah, I, maybe we're going to get a lump of coal, George. Well, it sounds like Santa came a bit early and uh, he might need his bear repellent, I guess is kind of what you're thinking. But uh, does he need some repellent against uh, the Federal Reserve? So that's maybe a bigger question because it seems as if the market's just been kind of in, in, suspension, in suspense mode for the past few days, knowing next week regime that the Fed is going to get together. Uh, of course, we've got the, the CPI report, the Consumer Price um, Index report the day before, which will be very key. I think, it, as we said on these calls before, it's probably the new the new big data point that people are, are watching uh, around the inflation story. So what's the um, what's the setup as we come into the Fed next week, Rajiv? That's a great question, George. I think you're absolutely right. It's a state of suspension. Uh, at the same time, I think the market is realizing that uh, the Fed has often and always stated that they're data dependent. Uh, we saw the PPI core reading today jump 0.4%. And that suggests to the market that getting from peak inflation to moderate inflation is going to take a little, um, it might be a bumpy path. It might not be as linear as many people have had hoped for. Uh, we see the 10-year uh, Treasury note yield jumping higher this morning. Uh, we were at the lows earlier this week at 3.44% on the 10-year. We went to 3.5% this morning. So what does this mean for the Fed? What does it mean for future rate hikes? The Fed messaging uh, remains committed to the data. And the data suggests the Fed remains on course to raise 50 basis points at their meeting next week. Uh, and the expected Fed funds terminal rate was around 4.94% last night. Um, and that's the terminal rate for June of 2023. Uh, if we look at it this morning, it's back closer to 5%. Uh, the Fed continues to view this number as over 5% next year. So investors at this point should side with the narrative of the Fed. Uh, the move lower in yields this week and now higher shows that the market remains at odds with what the Fed is stating. But the Fed members are on a blackout period right now, so you're not hearing from them, and you're just really looking at the data. So you're right about saying the CPI data comes out next week. All eyes are going to be on that. Um, so we're not going to hear from the Fed until the FOMC meeting. In the meantime, the market needs to deal with the data. Uh, and the FOMC meeting next week, I think that, uh, you know, next week, and odds continue to favor that 50 basis point rate hike, but the markets are going to be looking at any changes in the Fed's narrative, anything that's say in the press release, and most importantly, the Fed's summary of economic projections. Uh, any changes to the Fed's terminal rate projections and what cues we can gather from that, I think are gonna be extremely important. The last summary of economic projections that we saw, the Fed signaled no rate cuts before 2024. That's at odds with what the market is signaling. The market's expecting some kind of rate cut sometime late next year. And uh, there's going to have to be some, it'll be very interesting to see if, if the Fed's summer of economic projections start to move towards that end. Uh, so I think the market's going to really, really be looking at that. Hey, Rajiv, one, I, I've got a question for you. So, you know, P, PPI this morning came in hot relative yep. to expectations. Um, and, you know, if we get into a scenario where we see PPI, a CPI follow up and come in hot next week, which, uh, you know, given the numbers in the PPI report this morning, seems to me like it's a fairly high likelihood. Um, any chance that we get, you know, some fairly significant uh, negative commentary out of Chair Powell next week? I mean, really, it's the last chance he has this year to to reinforce to the market that they've interpreted what he said in November wrong. What do you think? That's a great question, Steve. I think you're absolutely right. If we get a, if we get a number that's hot next week on CPI, it again supports Fed Chair Powell's earlier statements that the Fed has, has more work to do. 
and they have to work towards getting to that 2% inflation reading. Um, I think what happens at that point, the market definitely uh, gives up on this rally that they've had and the Fed uh, chair could be a little more stronger about what needs to be done and we're not done yet. And then the Fed members coming out after that will, will reiterate that message. Um, I mean, it's really interesting that we saw the 10 year uh, drop as significantly as it did this week with really no real indication why that was happening. Uh, I got a lot of messages this week to say that why is the 10 year dropping down to 3.44%? The Fed has not indicated anything about slowing down before hitting the 2% inflation target. The Fed has only said that they're data dependent. So if we get a hot CPI number next week, it's only going to support the narrative that the Fed's got to continue to do what they have to do. We haven't seen any slowdown in the in the jobs number. And because we haven't seen a slowdown there, the, the mission of the Fed continues to be all, all steam ahead. And I think it's going to be at odds with what the market's been, been hoping for and what the market's kind of been talking about this week. I mean, if you look at the way the market has performed over the last couple of months, basically, you know, we've what we've seen is this rally in the market's been driven by long-term Fed expectations. So we've seen the terminal rate number not really move around all that much. It's still hanging around five, five and a quarter, maybe it was a month ago. Now it's at five. But what we've seen happen is the long-dated Fed funds futures have dropped from, from roughly 4% to three and a quarter over the last month and a half and you know to me that's really the story because the market's pricing in 150 basis points plus of cuts coming from the fed on some type of a pivot so the market has already uh, has already priced in a, a a a dovish move here and if for some reason the fed was to, to talk hard enough to get the market to readjust the long end of those expectations in, in terms of fed funds futures um i think that's when the that's when the chickens will come home to roost for at least on the equity side um because we clearly have priced in a in a a, a dovish outcome here or a softish landing whatever you want to whatever you want to call it yeah i feel like the the market participants are looking at any data they can i mean we had a pretty balmy uh, 56 degree weather in uh, New York and the market saying, oh, commodity prices are gonna go further lower because it's warmer in New York and and that's gonna you know, add some more fuel to getting inflation under control. And so, I mean, the market's really latching on to whatever it can to keep with their narrative that the Fed's gonna cut sooner rather than the Fed's propagating. So that's- well, I hope it's gonna be 56 degrees in New York when I'm there next week. <laughs> New York's a good time right now. A lot of good uh, Christmas decorations. Well, winter's still going to come, regardless of it's going to be this, this week or next week. At some point, winter will probably still come. The calendar says December, January usually means cold weather at some point. And uh, maybe some of those hopes might be dashed, not to run your parade, Steve. But, you know, I, I think we're still kind of in this environment right now where as we head into next year, I don't think a, a, um, I don't think a pivot is necessarily the thing that people should be thinking about. In other words, maybe a pause might come first. And again, that spells more volatility, as, as Steve suggested, given some of the uh, the considerations that market participants are thinking otherwise. But, you know, again, I think what we're trying to say and signal is that it's it's a time to be somewhat cautious, somewhat selective. Um, you know, I think it's also time to anticipate probably a wider range of outcomes. Uh, so if nothing else, we'll probably have to say more attentive to things as we go forward in the new year. So with that, we'll uh, wish everybody a great week and we'll talk again uh, next Friday. Thanks so much. As a reminder for everyone, we'll have this group on our national call next week on Wednesday, December 14th at 2 p.m. Eastern to discuss our outlook for 2023. So contact your advisor if you haven't received an invite. And thanks for the conversation today, George, Steve, and Rajiv. We appreciate your insights. Thanks to our listeners for joining us today. 
Be sure to subscribe to the Key Wealth Matters podcast through your favorite podcast app. And as always, past performance is no guarantee of future results, and we know your financial situation is personal to you. So reach out to your relationship manager, portfolio strategist, or financial advisor for more information, and we'll catch up with you next week to see how the world and the markets have changed and provide those keys to help you achieve your financial success. The Key Wealth Matters podcast is produced by the Key Wealth Institute. The Key Wealth Institute is comprised of a collection of financial professionals representing key entities, including key private bank, key bank institutional advisors, key private client, and key investment services. Any opinions, projections, or recommendations contained herein are subject to change without notice and are not intended as individual investment advice. This material is presented for informational purposes only and should not be construed as individual tax or financial advice. Bank and trust products are provided by Key Bank National Association, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Key private bank and key bank institutional advisors are part of Key Bank. Investment products, brokerage, and investment advisory services are offered through Key Investment Services LLC or KISS, member of FINRA, SIPC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Insurance products are offered through Key Corp Insurance Agency USA, Incorporated, or KIA. KISS and KIA are affiliated with Key Bank. Investment and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, may lose value, not a deposit, not insured by any federal or state government agency. KeyBank and its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult their personal tax advisor before making any tax-related investment decisions. This content is copyrighted by KeyCorp 2022.